to Growth Group Audio Support for Sunday, January 17th, 2016, week number two of 10 of our winter quarter. This week we continue our series, Route 66, A Road Trip Across the Bible, with our message entitled, Galatians. How are you doing? Doing great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to be back and excited to uh, talk about the book of Galatians today, one of my favorite books. And so Gospel Center, we'll get to in a little bit. And welcome, shepherds. Glad you're here today listening and uh, spending some time as we ask you to weekly to go through us a little training and walk through some of our questions. I hope you feel it's valuable and uh, hope you've been a, a regular listener. And if maybe you're a first time, glad to have you here too. So um, looking forward to today. Yeah, we really want um, what we do week by week to be sort of a shot in the arm. You know, I know that you and, and I'm definitely committed to, um, you know, listening to outside resources. We do that in ministry in general. And I always find, you know, Monday's a time when I often do that where I'm like empty. And so I need like yeah. some little mojo, a little shot in the arm. Again, yeah, yeah. And so I have things that I listen to. And we really hope that um, as you are laboring in your growth groups, you know, pouring yourself out, that this is a positive resource for you where you kind of, it, it brings you back. Why do we do this? And what's this all about? And how can we do this better? And, mm -hmm. and so um, that's our intent in our growth group audio training. And uh, we, we want to serve you. So if you have any feedback for us, we welcome it. We want to do what we do better. Mm -hmm. We don't presume to have it figured out. In some ways, we always say we do this in a vacuum because we don't get a lot of feedback. But yeah. um, we want to serve you, and we hope that, that uh, this time together in these weekly autos um, is that for you. Yeah. You know, one way you can give us feedback and it leads into our training today is if uh, your coach reaches out to you and asks how things are going, let your coach know, growth group coach, and they'll get that information back to me because I meet uh, monthly with them as well. And that's kind of where we're heading today. And this is the idea behind our training. Let me give us a little intro and you can kind of lead us through, Tim. But um, we, I met with our coaches uh, last uh, or beginning of this month, and you're going to get your email today actually from Janine that pairs you up again with your coach. And if you were here last quarter, it'll be the same coach. But if you're new, you'll get an email from this uh, from Janine about who your coach is. And so we did a little training on what do shepherds need from their coaches. And we don't have our shepherds and coaches in the same room very often due to the end of the year and a, a couple of different times uh, at various times. But this uh, training, I thought, why don't we kind of bring them together by talking to our shepherds again, why we have a role of coach and what the role of coach is. So this was the training that I did with our coaches in January at our meeting. And I thought it'd be perfect just to pass that information on to the shepherds so that you know they might be more open to allowing the coach into their life and into their group, so to speak, and, and kind of have an idea of what we're thinking when we talk about a coach that reaches out to a shepherd. Yeah, even before we get to these, um, I had two thoughts before we get to your points that you want to emphasize today, Jeff. Uh, one was, you know, just the reality of why in the world did we create a coaching level yeah, that's good. in our um, growth group system. And um, I know the reason why, but I think it would be really good for them to hear why, why we need coaches in yeah. the first place. Well, the honest answer would be the reality of really me being stretched as a pastor that does a part-time, you know, for college ministry and then growth groups together. It's a full plate. And so, you know, the more I was doing this uh, role as uh, the growth group uh, pastor, I realized, and more groups, groups we've added, you know, we're close to around 50. Well, we're hovering around 50 right now. That's really, and a, and a college ministry of 150 students, it's unrealistic for me to feel like I could uh, connect one-on-one -on -one and oversee a lot of these areas. And our growth group shepherds are that valuable. Yeah. And we want to provide a level, level of care that you by yourself just cannot provide right, for right. 50 shepherds. So I'm also a coach too. So I have, so what we ended up doing was we decided let's um, try something that we've done in the past, the role of a coach and bring them back. And we assigned five shepherds to each coach and 
their role, as we're going to flesh out in a minute, is just to connect with you. And so I'm a coach as well. I have some shepherds that I will connect with uh, regularly. Uh, but really, it was to be able to extend the pastoral reach that was uh, impossible, really, for one person mm-hmm. to do. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and also just allows other men and women who are our coaches to, to minister to these shepherds. We're really trying to create a scalable system yeah, here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, shepherding system for our church and you know we're at 50 now and you know our our vision is that we would go to 60 75 um, uh, growth groups down the line so we're we're across two campuses now yeah yeah so we 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 believe that you know we're scaling up and um so we're trying to create a system that scales and so i I really love the coaching concept and um, i think you've done a great job in um you know, pouring yourself into the coaches and then, you know, really uh, challenging them to pour themselves into their shepherds. So, um, you know, the other thing about coaching that I just wanted to mention is that um, I've sort of woken up to the need for outside input in oh, our yeah. in right. our ministry. And so, um, you know, for example, we had a, uh, a coach uh, in with our ministry staff last Monday. Mm-hmm. He came um, on Saturday, flew in. He's just a guy I, I've gotten to know in some other settings, and he's, he's provided just great input for our ministry. And not too long ago, we were talking about the possibility of him coming in and spending a day with our ministry staff, uh, helping us think a little bit more through outreach in our church. And so he came in on Saturday, flew in from the East Coast. He um, was here. He, he saw both of our campuses on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, and then he, he spent all day on Monday with our staff and it was so great just because he had outside eyes mm-hmm. on our ministry mm-hmm. and just had great input in terms of what he saw and what he observed and you know next steps for us as a ministry so I just think coaching is incredibly valuable and so let's talk about that let's talk about um, you wanted to talk about four clarifications for coaching which I think are, are, are ways you want our shepherds to understand coaching yes because so. this is what I described to the coaches their role so these are clarifications that were for the coach but i thought why not pass them on yeah. to the shepherds as so well? so well one of the things you said to coaches just to help them understand their role was emphasize nurturing over mentoring yeah, what's that might, about you might hear the word coach and you think oh it's a mentor and the word mentor kind of implies sort of this person that has these years of wisdom and insight maybe comes to a new lawyer or a new teacher and kind of says i'm going to mentor you and tell you kind of how it is when really i i view the role of coach as somebody that comes along uh, i mean there might be an element of mentoring but kind of a nurturing that it, it implies more an encouragement to you as a shepherd, a support to you as a shepherd, somebody that builds you up to kind of do the ministry that's in front of you, which is shepherding um, a growth group. And I really see that through two ways, encouragement, just discussing how things are going and praying for you. Our, our coaches are committed to praying for their shepherds. Even if they don't get together with you, they're still praying for you. And so um, that idea of emphasizing that nurturing element more so than kind of a more removed authoritarian mentor figure. Yeah. And I, I think I, I liked what, what, what you uh, have written here just about, you know, this don't think football coach screaming but think side by side sort of a golf yeah yeah or tennis coach and a lot of times you think about that a golf coach the golfer is usually even way better than the coach but um, they've got some you know some experience they they have to have been in a growth group led a growth group all our coaches and so you might be a better shepherd even than them but so they're coming alongside to uh, encourage you and pray for you not to kind of shout from the sideline with directives that might cause you fear like a football coach might Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, number two, you uh, encouraged uh, coaches to focus more on shepherding 
than leadership. So, you know, leadership is a fantastic thing. We're all called, you are shepherds, you are leaders. In some sense, our coaches are leaders too. But in their role, I want them to focus on the idea of a shepherd. Everybody wants a pastor. And most shepherds, I think, want a shepherd. You know, I have people that pour into my life that shepherd me, you know, Mm -hmm. you being one and some Mm -hmm. other people as well. Um, But most shepherds, I think, want a shepherd or a pastor themselves, not necessarily a kind of hierarchical um, directive leader coming in, which they our shepherds might view the coaches that way when they hear the word coach. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. This person is going to come in and kind of tell me how to do my group. And, uh, and most shepherds, I think, want somebody who, who cares for them, too, uh, who will pray for them and walk alongside. And so I really want the coach role to, for them to also be shepherds to the shepherds. And so mm-hmm. to emphasize that over just uh, more than just a, a leader coming in to tell you how to get things done. Yeah, they're not supervising. Mm-hmm. They're walking with. Yeah, they yeah. are. They are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three was emphasize encouragement over management. These are, there's some common uh, overlap in some of these, but coaches really are, to keep that kind of uh, playing field metaphor going, they're kind of cheerleaders. They're encouragers. They're hopefully a shepherd's biggest fan. And I would I hope a shepherd feels that when a coach contacts them or grabs coffee time to time, which some of our shepherds do. Um, they're, they're, they're your biggest fan. And so their goal is not necessarily to highlight all that's broken and fixed. I mean, there may be a time for saying like, oh, is that not working? Well, why? Yeah. Let's talk about maybe why that isn't working. There's a place for that. Um, but the overarching goal would be to bring out the best that's kind of already in that shepherd. They're a shepherd for a reason. Remind them of their gifts, you know, remind you of your position in Christ as a shepherd, remind you of your role as a growth group. I think along the lines of Paul to Timothy, here was a verse from second Timothy. He said to Timothy, and this is kind of underneath that encouragement. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. There do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So there's Paul coaching Timothy in a very encouraging way. Uh, you know, he could have pulled rank. He's Paul, you know, to Timothy, an older man to a younger. But he comes alongside and says, we're in this together. Let's, you know, not have a spirit of fear. But remember that God is the one doing this work. Um, and let's move forward by the pow- for the gospel by the power of God. Okay, the last one, uh, encouragement to your coaches, was coaching is more spiritual than organizational. So we will ask your coaches, and you know that from time to time, to encourage you to you know, have the, has, ask your shepherds, fill out your recommitment form, or encourage your shepherds, listen to the podcast, but ultimately they're there to have a spiritual conversation with you, bring spiritual insight, point you and connect you uh, back to Christ, and to, again, our, our larger purpose and goal of um, really putting uh, people first and institutions second. That was kind of the thought, you know, people first and then institution second. Of course, we have to do the admin of making sure you recommit. Who's on your roster? Are you listening to the podcast? But the coach's primary role is not that. The coach's Mm -hmm. role is to come alongside and care for you as a person. So I think the, you know, even as you have challenged coaches uh, to lean into their shepherds, I think the challenge for our shepherds is lean into your coach. That's exactly right. That's a good point. Why we're even doing this training today. Yeah. Because they may, you're going to get that email this week, and we had our meeting with the coaches, and they're going to be, you know, you're, they're getting emails well reminding them, here's your five, you know, shepherds. And so they're going to be encouraged by me to reach out again. And so if you get an email, please respond, you know, let them know, like, oh, so, thanks for reaching out. Here's how you can pray for me. Or, you know, I'd mm-hmm. love to grab coffee mm-hmm. sometime. Mm-hmm. Maybe you make it work once a quarter or twice, or maybe they just want to text every now and then say, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. So be open to that. Hopefully hearing these four clarifications would uh, hopefully encourage you and warm you to the idea of a coach coming alongside. It's interesting. One of the things I look for in new staff uh, here at Grace Central Coast is, you know, it's a it's a top five priority for me is is the person coachable. And so, yeah. um, you know, shepherds, are you coachable? Mm-hmm. These coaches have been 
carefully chosen because we think they have something to offer you. And, and they so, do, as I think of my group, they do. They yeah. Really do. Yeah. Call so, me. so just want to challenge you, lean in, see these guys as uh, a resource for you and, um, you know, come to them with questions. I mean, that's, you know, I appreciate that about you, Jeff. You always come and you, you often have things you want to talk about, questions you want to ask me. And I know that you do that with other mentors in your life as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is a resource for you. We can go further faster as, a, as people, as shepherds, as a ministry, if we open ourselves up to the resources that God has given in our lives. So uh, I'm thrilled with our shepherds. want to encourage you, challenge you shepherds mm-hmm. to lean into your coaches and um, and uh, see what the Lord does in this thing. It's great. All right, where are we headed in Galatians this Sunday? Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I get to preach Galatians uh, in one week, and we were talking as we chit chatting before we we hit uh, record. Is you know, man, that Corinthian correspondence is challenging. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on in that Corinthian church. We got these long letters. Um, you know, they were just less familiar to, to me just because I haven't spent a lot of time in, in um, Corinthians. But uh, Galatians is something altogether different. Uh, I actually preached a, a series on the book of Galatians, 23 messages. <laughs> so this will be a little different. Sunday. Yeah, it's been a few years. You know, I'm curious. It would be interesting to know how many of our shepherds were actually uh, here hmm. for that series. You know, when I look out on our church, man, our church is full of new people. And so mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of people who weren't here for our Galatians series, but uh, some were. And so it was sup- it's been super fun for me to go back and um, look at some of my old notes and and then read the book, listen to it, and uh, and just go, oh, I just love the book of uh, Galatians. So really excited to preach it, um, to highlight. You know, back in that series, I often would use this three-circle diagram, and that's what we're going to do this right. week as we try and understand uh, the book of Galatians. Uh, I really think, you know, we'll set it up with, you know, there are basically three ways to live. One is the way of religion. The other, way, the other is the way of, you know, irreligion or relativism. And then the third way is the way of the gospel. And so I really think that religion and irreligion are really the same way of living. They're mm-hmm. both ways to make our own way in the world. They're both ways to do life on our own. Uh, one is a religious way and one is an irreligious way. Um, the gospel is something altogether different. So Paul isn't specifically dealing with irreligion. Mm-hmm. We'll set it up that way, and we'll talk about that, and we'll we'll talk about how it, how it's similar to religion. But he's really distinguishing between re- religion and the gospel. Um, you know, a works righteousness, a uh, adding to the work of Christ, a you know. checking off to-dos rather than uh, trusting God's grace and the work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we'll we'll distinguish these two. I think it's going to be a ton of fun, uh, just a different, you know, something fresh and different. And... um, uh, challenging for me. I think it's going to be a great message for those who are new to our church, uh, those who may be among us who haven't trusted Christ yet, mm-hmm. those who might be coming from like a Roman Catholic background yep. or, you know, uh, a hard legalistic upbringing. I think it's going to be great. All right, so let's jump into some questions. Connecting together on week two of Winter Growth Groups. Take some time to share your lives together. One way to do this is by sharing a high and low from the past week. All right, studying God's Word together. Number one, how did you come under God's Word in the message this week? What did you think or feel as you heard the message of Galatians? Yeah, well, this is a question that um, returns to our uh, growth group questions often. If you're a new growth group shepherd, let me explain it to you real quick. You know, we really, the spirit uh, for us is that, you know, we would not be 
um, having roast pastor for lunch on Sundays. Um, it's really not about, hey, what did you get out of the message or did you like the message? But really, we like the, the posture that we're coming under God's word together. Mm-hmm. And so um, not, not how was the message? Was it funny or you know, energetic or whatever, but you know, how did you come under God's word? That's what we aim to do together when we gather. So this question is just meant to remind us of that. Uh, We throw it in occasionally in our growth group questions. And I I think it just changes the focus a little bit. Um, So, and, and, and as usual, question number one is really a pulse taking question where you can get a read on, you know, where your group is at and how they're processing uh, God's word. Great. Question two, without looking, describe, discuss, and reconstruct the three ways to live chart together as a group. Does this resonate with you? Do you think that most people are living in one of the three, these three ways? And who do you know that lives in each of these three ways? Yeah. So this is um, just getting you uh, thinking about uh, the main thrust of the message, uh, reintroducing this concept of the three ways to live. Um, hopefully you'll, you know, I'm going to spend a fair amount of time on this in the message. And again, you know, you might, if you, you know, so, so in our growth group, there's, we were, um, at someone's house last week and there was a chalkboard. So I used the chalkboard to do some things. So you might say, you know, take out a sheet of paper or, you know, just have some fun with it. Do something creative, bring a whiteboard. If you're mm-hmm. a shepherd say, Hey, let's draw these three, you know, what, what goes in each of these uh, circles. It'll be three circles and um, see if you can build that thing together based on what your, what your group heard. I think you can have some fun with it. And then really trying to identify, okay, is this representative of reality? You know, who do you know that's living in each of the three circles? You know, who do you know that's making their own way to God? You know, the way of religion, who do you know that's trying to establish an identity apart from God? Or which way do you tend to go when you're erring one side or the other? Yeah. Which way do you lean? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and then where does the gospel fit and, and how is that, dramatically different, fundamentally different uh, than the other two. So have some fun with it. Um, I think, you know, I just love the grid. I just love this paradigm and um, think it can serve us as a church really well. So I'm excited to come back to it and um, hopefully uh, you'll have a great discussion around that. It's good. Question three, read the book of Galatians together as a group. Which two of the three ways to live is Galatians concerned with? Yeah. So it was interesting. In, in our growth group this week, I realized how long some of those questions were last week. So I tried to have a couple shorter questions. That's good. No, that's but good. Um, question number three, you know, is really about, I, I think I think Galatians, it's so tight thematically yeah, that um, I think it's, I think it'd be a really fun exercise. And I encourage you to handle number three is read the book. I think it'll take you, you know, 15 minutes as yeah. a, as a group to read it. So read it quickly and then kind of go, okay, what are we, you know, and, and so, so the answer to this question, question is it's religion and the gospel that's what he's distinguishing here Um, because the galatians are slipping from the gospel back into religion right that's you know someone is has is preaching a different gospel uh, Paul says, and it's really no gospel at all, gospel at all. And so their 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 temptation is to add, you know, there is to add works of the law to to grace. And there there are people who are saying, you know, okay, yeah, Christ is great, but you got to do these things too. You got to be circumcised. Circumcision is is the primary thing. It's mentioned a lot, but also Christ plus something. Christ yeah. plus something. And so um, you know, it's interesting. Paul says that's not a gospel. That's a distortion of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That that uh, makes the the work of Christ. It, 
it nullifies the work of Christ. Um, and Christ died for no reason if, if that's the way the gospel works. So um, really strong, really strong language, and which really addresses our own proclivity, our own tendency to add works of the law to the gospel too, whether that's Bible reading or attending, the ch- attending church or whatever. And um, so, you know, I think this is a wake-up call for us just to think through, okay, what is the gospel? Uh, should be fun. Question four, what's the true and biblical gospel according to Galatians two fifteen through 16? Yeah, so it's really that we are justified by faith alone in the finished work of Christ alone and not by anything else, not Christ plus, not uh, something instead. And so that's really made clear in those verses. I think they're crystal clear. So, you know, justification by faith alone in the work of Christ alone is how I'd answer that question. And I think you'll see it in those verses. Question five, what's the, quote, different gospel that some are preaching, and what does it do to the real gospel according to chapter 2, verse 21? Yeah, that what Christ has done is not enough, but we must also do some things to be saved. That, that, right. that in essence, is, the, is, is this different gospel that, you know, okay, Christ is good, but we must do these things in addition. Mm-hmm. Whatever that list might be. For them, it was circumcision. It was the Jewish law. It was, you know, all the ceremonies, all the, all this, this Jewish stuff. You know, right. really there were people who were saying, you gotta, you gotta act, you gotta act like a Jew. You gotta do, you gotta do this list of stuff. But we, 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 we can have a list of things too. And we already mentioned that. So, um, you know, a different go- this different gospel is really no gospel at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a distortion of the gospel, but it's Christ plus, right? Whatever that plus, whatever might be on the other side of that mm-hmm. plus. You know, I was just even thinking that the irreligious person kind of even almost does the same thing when you know when you hear somebody that might say like, you know, I'm just too bad for God to have saved my my sin is just too bad that God could you know cover it or that Christ could cover because you know there's kind of that I should be a little better, you know, I should have be I need to do something before. Christ plus, you know, uh, I think, you know, the religious and the irreligious both kind of do that in some ways. Well, and often, too, the way your religion works is they they might substitute salvation for another cause. Yeah. And so right. they justify themselves and feel like yeah. everybody else might, is justified by a commitment to animal rights right. or a commitment to social justice or a commitment to, you know, and so that becomes the salvation or the way of acceptance or the way of justification. You know, I always think, you know, I think Tim Keller gave me these examples, you know, um, you know, Rocky Balboa, what's he trying to do? He's trying to prove that oh, he's yeah. not a bum. Yeah. You know, um, you know, in um, Chariots of Fire, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this guy is, is, you know, he is, once the gun goes off, it's the guy, not the star, but the other guy, um, you know, he's, he says, you know, yeah, I have 10 seconds when that gun goes off to, to prove that I'm somebody. Yeah, that's you know? my existence is worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so I think everybody's living that way. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's choosing a way to live. Everybody's trying to justify themselves or make themselves happy or whatever you you know, however they frame it, um, they're trying to live a meaningful life or a life that's worth living. Um, And so I I think that's fascinating when you think about that. I I think it it definitely rings true for me. I I think um, everybody's picking a way to live. Mm -hmm. Question six, what are works of the law, lists and to-dos that sometimes get added to the work of Christ in our day? Why are we continually tempted to add our own works to the gospel? Is trusting the grace of the gospel something that's a struggle for you? We hit on it a little bit, but that's a good place to definitely flesh that out. For sure. 
So, you know, it may be do's, it may be don'ts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you don't read the Bible for a week, you may think that that, you know, that, that, and, and you, you feel really guilty about that. Mm -hmm. Like somehow maybe God doesn't love you. Well, that's an indication that you, you probably, you know, are thinking, you probably are adding some, you, you, you're justification. You think that you're justified by, by something that you do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there are a whole bunch of people probably in our church that are punching their ticket in terms of their church, church attendance. Right. And they think that that is what puts them in a right relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what else can you think of? Well, you said the Bible reading, mean, the daily devotional thing, I think is a good one. Um, you know, prayer life too. I can, I can beat myself up, 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 you know, up, you know, up, you know, today, therefore, you know, God must not be pleased with me today. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's probably one, uh, I don't know. Those, those how about, how about, uh, things that we don't do, whether it's, you know, uh, drinking, smoking, you know, some of these, some of these things that we avoid, mm -hmm. which and, and we're going to get to it in the next question. Um, you know, some of those things we do want to avoid, but, but I think the critical question is why. Right. And so right. this is really, really subtle. Right. It is. Um, because a lot of things, you know, I think we're kind of getting, maybe you'll get into it, but yeah. are good things, you know, yeah. that, that become those things that we put our entire trust on, that we use to justify ourselves, that become the ultimate thing, whatever you want to call it, that kind of idolatry that you might talk about. Um, but yeah, there are many, a lot of times they're good things, or, or at least neutral things. Yeah. So the question, I think the, the critical question is why would we do or not do those things? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the, that's the critical difference between religion and irreligion mm -hmm. is, you know, so, so when I, when I say um, our own works, and I think this is what Paul, Paul means too. It's like that we think that, puts us in a right relationship with God or keeps us in a right relationship with God if we do or we don't do those things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, it's really subtle, but, that, but that's, what, that's exactly what Paul's getting at here. Mm -hmm. You know, he's saying, you know, you've, all these things have happened to you. you you're, a new, you're new creations in Christ. And now somebody's telling you, no, you have to be circumcised too in order to have a right relationship with God. And they're falling for it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and he's saying, don't do that. Don't, don't take on circumcision because that will be a, a leaving of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's adamant about this issue. And you think, well, what's the big deal? Why not be circumcised? Mm -hmm. You know, if this is good, add this, you know, it's just fire insurance. I'll take it. You know, but Paul's adamant. No, the, the work of Christ is enough for you. And, um, you know, I think this, this can work its way into our thinking as well. So this question is getting you to talk about that a little, a little bit. Uh, final yeah. question today. Question seven. The lives of those who are trusting religion and those who are trusting the gospel often look very similar on the outside. Mm. And yet they're critically and fundamentally different. Explain how and why they are different and the eternal difference this makes. Yeah. So what we'll put in a couple of, the, you know, in the religion and the gospel circle is, you know, so religion is, is living by the motto, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. Mm -hmm. Whereas the gospel is, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. Yeah. So, so. The, the, so because because there's obedience and acceptance in in each of those circles, but you know the motivational factor is so different. When you look at somebody who's living a religious life or somebody who's living you know trusting the gospel, their lives can look very very similar. Right. They might both go to church. They might both read their Bible. They might both you know do and not do the same set of things. Right. 
So, so you look at their lives and you go, yeah, you know, they, they're, they're both living the same life. No, they're not. Right. Because the, the motivation is different. The trust is different. Right. And so I think that's really, and we'll talk about this, I think it's really critical uh, to recognize. So, um, you know, it really comes down to faith alone and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the fundamental difference. How is how do we come into a right relationship with God and how do we keep a right, right, right relationship with God? It's by faith alone in the finished work of Christ alone. That's different than religion. Right. Uh, religion will say, yeah, Christ died for my sins, but I got to do these things too. Very subtle, but fundamentally and critically different. Right. Yeah, I was thinking you've got, you, uh, I don't know if you're touching on but you've got Paul's, you know, chastising of Peter in this letter too. Yeah. And rather than just say, P- Peter, you know, stop being racist, eat with the Gentiles. You know, he says, your conduct's out of step with the gospel. That's right. And so rather than just say, don't do it, it's wrong. You yep. need to be a good person. He yep. says, what has Christ done for you? Yep. And live then out of that line that are drawn, it's drawn from the gospel. So it's, he models it right there. That's great. Yeah. So, so the bottom line is somebody, I mean, I really think this is true. Somebody who's living by religion, they're still trusting themselves. They're still trusting what they do. And, and quite frankly, I mean, I, I mentioned here in the, at the end of the question, you know, why does this make an eternal difference? Someone who's trusting their own righteousness, their own works yeah. before God, um, is not saved. Yeah. Not trusting Christ. Not trusting Christ. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that, that's the difference between heaven and hell and yeah. eternal, you know. So, so it's interesting. When we trust Christ, we abandon everything else. We abandon, we, we repent not only of our own, of our sin, but we also repent of all of our own righteousness, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that that's insufficient mm-hmm. to put us in a right relationship with God. That's good. And so, you know, Paul's, Paul's going to the mat for this one. He's saying, if somebody is preaching to you is this different gospel, it's not really a gospel, let them be accursed. Right. He says it twice, right out of the chute in the book. So, you know, why am I so excited about these issues? Because Paul is so excited about these issues. Because, you know, what we understand and ultimately what we trust um, is determines our eternal destiny. Yeah. I mean, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's as the core tenet of who we are, yeah. justification by faith. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm I'm excited to hear it this weekend, and I can tell you're ready to go too. Yeah. It's good. All right, household family focus for discussion in your household. Draw and discuss the three ways to live chart as a household. Explain and discuss how the gospel is fundamentally different than religion, but can look similar on the outside. And discuss how religion and irreligion or relativism are essentially both ways to live life. Quote by ourselves and our own strength. Yeah. So this is just 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 talking over the message. Hopefully, you know, I won't spend a lot of time here. But again. What I what I think about is what do I want to talk about with my own kids, and so I've given you what I plan to talk about in my household, mm-hmm. um, and I hope that you'll take the challenge and have a conversation because man, I want my kids to understand three ways to live. I want them to understand the difference between yeah. religion and the gospel because we're doing so many what appear to be religious things. Mm-hmm. I, the last thing in the world I want is for my kids to trust their church going, their yeah. Bible reading, you know, their prayer life, our family devotions right. as like, that's what's putting them, keeping them in a right relationship with God. I want them to understand this thing is by faith alone and Christ alone. Yeah. So um, it's that. an opportunity to highlight those things. All right. Prayer, give thanks for the fact that the gospel is free and gives a freedom to love and serve, love one another by praying for each other's needs. Yeah. You know, the end of the book is, you know, really chapter five and six are, you know, here's where the gospel should lead. I mean, he really does talk about 
you know, we're accepted, therefore we obey. Mm-hmm. But, but the emphasis isn't even on obedience there. It's really on love. You know, I'm accepted, therefore I love. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just talks about uh, the, the, a gospel community and um, what that looks like. So I just thought, you know, that's what we're trying to be in our growth groups. And so hopefully, um, you know, I love that the gospel's free and it also gives a freedom. And mm-hmm. it's not a freedom to live for ourselves, but right. it's a freedom to love one another. And uh, so that's awesome. I hope that that's reflected in your prayers for each other. Great. A couple quick reminders, Shepherds, as I already said up front, email from Janine came that's going to link you as a uh, shepherd to your coach. So look for that. And then you'll get, be getting another one from me with our audio today as well. But also I'll let, let you know about, you may have seen it announced, but new type of growth group we have that I'm really, really excited about. We're calling an on-ramp growth group. Um, it started just this quarter. We've got one that meets uh, in slow here during third service, 11 a.m. in Founders Hall A. And there's one in uh, five cities in South County as well. The purpose of the group, it's a short-term group. It meets for one quarter only with that group of people. And it's for people who are either new to the church or have had trouble in the past finding a growth group where they can join a group um, with the intent purpose of either launching a new group from that group if a leader or shepherd emerges or just taking the time as the quarter that 10 week comes to a close to try to even handpick some groups that would be a good fit for them to sign up next quarter. So really excited about it. It's open all 10 weeks, but it's a short-term 10-week group that's always open. So you hear anybody in the church that doesn't have a group and is looking for one, tell them to ask me or tell them to find Janine or somebody on staff say, where's the, uh, this on-ramp growth group? And they can just show up Sunday at 11 a.m. too in Founders Hall. I love it. I'm so excited about our uh, on-ramp growth groups because it's just allowing us to you know, have even a better entry point for people. It's more user-friendly for guests. They don't have to wait nine or 10 weeks. Um, they can just jump right into the growth group experience. So, uh, we've been talking about it for a while. I'm thrilled that it's happening. So Yahoo. All right. Let me pray for us. Can I do that? Lord, pray for our shepherds this week and our coaches as well as they connect. I pray that some real deep uh, relationship would happen there and some encouragement from our coaches to our shepherds, God, as we start another quarter and begin to uh, just do this again as a growth group with our people. Lord, just pray for that, those relationships to take place, God. Pray for Tim this week as he continues to prep. May you just bring this book of Galatians, Holy Spirit, to us in a powerful way and challenge us to desire, crave, long for to live that third way out of the truth of the gospel. Lord, that's the people we want to be. Um, that's the people you've called us to be, Lord. So may the message of Christ alone and, and, and justification by faith alone just just echo through our, our sanctuaries uh, mm-hmm. and our, our places of meeting this Sunday, Lord. And our people just, may it just ring in their hearts too, Lord. Thanks for Tim and his prep. I, I can see it and hear it in his heart and uh, his voice already. So pray you give him strength to get through the weekend and our shepherds too as they lead their groups. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Tim. Have a great week, shepherds.